Welcome to the Allendale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Today we're going to approach the corn and bean markets from a bull side, bear side argument. Uh, Mike, you're going to take the bear side. I'm going to take the bull side. And we'll warn everybody uh, right off the top, these are just the arguments. This isn't necessarily how Mike and I are leaning uh, in these markets. You've heard, uh, if you've heard our podcast before, you know kind of how we stand but uh, we're going to give uh, lay out the arguments for a bullish case or a bearish case and hopefully uh, lend a little bit of clarity and you know if we muddy up the waters great who cares we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what we can come up with and you know if you guys have any questions at all you know you can always give us a call at 800 to market and uh, one other thing a bit of housekeeping before we uh, get too far into this thing is Allendale's got a webinar uh, coming up on Thursday what are we talking about Mike so we're going to have Rich covering cash grain marketing, what to be doing, all that good stuff at this time of the year when you're getting out of the combine, you got all the stuff, well, at least what you could get out of the field and got it all harvested, what to do now. So it'll be an interesting take on what the fundamentals are telling you, what you should be doing at this point in time. Rich always has some just amazing information for you, so definitely something to check out. Well, I think at this time, everybody's got to lock the bin doors because prices are going higher. There's... I'm just going to dive right in on this, Mike. All right. There's, there's, after seeing what we saw in the November WASDE report, you had a decrease in yield, which brings your production down. The last two days, we've seen sales reported by the USDA. That means that all of a sudden now we've got some demand coming into the market for corn. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to. Uh, 350,000 tons that we've sold uh, over the last two days. So looking at what they did on November, you know uh, in December they're not going to generally make a whole lot of changes. But on that big January final report, I think what you really have to be watching for and why you can be bullish this corn market is they'll make further revisions. You talk to most customers out there, most, most potential customers out there, and the yield is not where it's at. A lot of the customers I've talked to are saying that they're they're down 15 to 20 bushels from last year. Right now, the USDA only has 10 bushels under trend. There's no reason that we shouldn't see more come off of that list. And then you get the idea that we had a lot of problems during harvest this year. Harvested acres should come down from that uh, 80, what, 81, 82 million acre uh, level front to maybe 80 or even below with all the snowstorms that we had uh, in October in the Northern Plains and a lot of the issues we've had just getting into the fields here in the in the uh, heart of the Midwest. Yeah, the only variable you're missing is the USDA. So over the last, well, every single year that we've had a delayed harvest crop, they've actually raised harvested acres and yields. So Sure, looks like the yields aren't there. You're looking at the field and you're like, I can't believe that the USDA is not going to decrease this more. But we also had that same thought process going to all of these fall WASDE reports. And historically speaking, like I just said, four years that we pull out that were delayed harvest years, every single year, harvest acres was increased, yield was increased. Everyone. Well, to my, on my side of that, you know, what I'm going to say to this is that 
the thing to watch, yes, history does play into some of this stuff, but this year has been like nothing we've seen before. I mean, you look at it all started with harvest last year. Extremely wet, delayed, uh, spring planting, delayed, delayed, delayed. Harvest this year, delay, delay, delay. We're still, you know, as of yesterday, we're still 15% behind. There's going to be a lot of crop that's left in the field, not necessarily until spring, but probably until we get closer to that January report. So you can't necessarily say that that's going to get harvested. You may end up with a lot of loss because, let's say, the heavy snows start to come in and everything starts to lay down. That's not all going to get picked up. We're going to start losing bushels by the hundreds of thousands to maybe even millions as the this last 25% or 24% of the crop is is trying to be harvested, especially with the amount of precipitation that's coming in the next 2 weeks. That's a that's going to play into the market. You look at the, what the market did today and we were clamoring to go higher. The funds took the day off because they're looking at that forecast saying this has to go this has to go higher. This is a concern about the remainder of harvest. Well actually there was a good size selling minute there, so it could have could have came in there a little bit today. But beyond that, yeah, it's gonna be wet. Yeah, you're gonna leave that crop in the field. And the real question is whether or not it's gonna be in the field during the data collection for the January report. If it's still out there, the USDA is not going to recognize the harvest acres cut because it hasn't been harvested yet. How are they going to make a cut if it's still out there? And there's still a potential for that harvest to be taken out. You're going to have to make that change, though. You can't just look at it and say, but you have to make ah, it well, in January. You know, there is 82 million acres that, 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 should be, that could be harvested, but at some point they're going to have to you know look at it and say, this stuff is not getting out of the field until March. How much more loss will there be? And then they'll have to quantify that. And maybe they don't make that on the January report, but going into, say, the February and March reports, it will start to be recognized. It has to be. And at some point, I think what you're going to have to be looking at is there's a lot of corn that has gone in the bins and into storage this year. Once again, because we're waiting for higher prices. You've seen cash grain bids that have been very strong this year. That's they're trying to entice people to to, to flinch and sell some cash. Mm-hmm. Those prices start to come back up and those bids, those those basis bids stay similar or even firm up even more. We're gonna have we're gonna see markets start to start to rally around this stuff and maybe yeah if we get back to four dollars on that march contract you could see some some more but guys are still wanting to hang on till they at least get four dollars cash right now they're not there but they could be be in the next two months especially if now all of a sudden we're we're starting to see an increase in demand and we this is the time of the year where we should be seeing that demand really kick in before brazil is the the major player in say February and March? Yeah, we're definitely going to see more demand than what we've been seeing. Two days is great. It needs to keep growing and keep coming in ADM sales with good sales. Uh, but at this time last year, you had Mexico come in here and purchase a million uh, metric tons. Well, I think above. you could. So, I could. I'll argue that one is that 
the reason they did that, that was a token purchase, but we'll take that. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Now, once we get the USMCA signed here, probably in the next few weeks, I know we've been saying that for a while, we get that signed in the next few weeks, they come back to the table. Japan is uh, canceling their, uh, what is it, uh, Blossom Festival or whatever, Cherry Blossom Festival or whatever it is, so that they can get a deal done with the United States. Those are your number one and number two corn buyers. They haven't been around but now they're coming back to it because they know and they recognize that they need to be buying from the United States. And we're now competitive and actually better priced than Brazil is today. Yeah, you also have the problem with the Black Sea origin and all of the corn over there as well because that has been getting a pretty good uh, pretty good demand over there. So that's another issue to be worrying about. But... Japan, that's supposed to be for January 1st, so it's still a little bit out. USMCA, we've been saying for over a year that it's supposedly done and we're going to have it signed through and everything. But at the same time, you have talks clamoring that the government very well may shut down again at the beginning of the year. If that happens, obviously nothing's going through. you got the impeachment inquiry that's currently in the way that's taking a lot of time out of Congress. Uh, so you have all these obstacles in the way to be hoping for these deals that we've been hoping for a year it's at this point a little far-fetched. I'd like to see it done before anything. I mean, could you see a 15, 20-cent rally going into the December time frame? Sure, but that's also about a 15, 50% correction of the current down move that we are in. So do we get back up to 4 bucks, or do you sit there waiting on your hands all year like we saw last year where going into spring, we beginning of the year we're just – sideways because the government shut down for about two months and then we just kept falling and falling and falling and we hit eventually i think it was somewhere 350 360 before we really started to rally back so does the usda recognize it on the january report do they recognize it on march do they recognize a quarterly grain or is it like 2009 where we don't recognize it until june that's going to be the big question here and i think as i deal with a lot if you go with the USDA being bearish on reports, you're going to be right nine times out of ten. That's just how it is. That's what the facts are telling you. Well, I think the the other thing to think about that not a lot of people are talking about, and and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, I do mean it, is we're furiously working on phase one of this China deal. And I know from one tweet to the next, we're close, we're not close, we're fighting, whatever it is. But the thing that people aren't actually talking about or haven't talked about a lot here is what grains or what ag products they will be purchasing from us when that deal is signed. And I have to still have faith that they say we're going to get it done in in early to mid-December. I think we'll still get that done. The president wants to get this thing taken care of before he's truly in the campaign cycle. So I think what you're going to want to be watching for is when they come out and they release the details of this deal, watch for corn, cotton, wheat, all of those those outliers that we haven't talked about much outside of the pork and the and the the soybeans and soybean meal or soybean oil or anything like that. Watch those outliers that become part of this deal and once you sign that deal with with China, all of a sudden that infuses a shot of 
a shot of adrenaline to these markets. It takes us back to that magical $4 mark. Now, how much above that can it go? I don't know. It just depends on what the USDA is going to help us with as far as will they start to adjust that demand back up after we've seen it come down the last couple of months. Yeah, you could see that if we get a deal with China, if in the next three and a half weeks we actually get something penned and a have faith. meeting have schedule. Faith, my friend. I will never on the China deal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of hopium sitting there, and you could hope for it, obviously. Uh, but the most likely picture is, I mean, we could delay tariffs on December 15th. There's a lot going on that, I mean, but at that point we're in holiday trade mode. If you don't have anything signed, you don't have the demand coming in that we're hoping for. You don't have the UFCMCA. You don't have Japan. You don't have China. A lot of variables that have to go perfectly in order to get that picture there. And like I said, I'm not out of the realms to say once we hit our low, and maybe it's next week when you get the first notice sometime in there when you start focusing on South America. I'm not out of, I'm not out of the idea of possibilities that you could see 15, 20 cents after a 40 cent move down. So what I'm hearing from you is that we're closer to the bottom than the top, but we've got plenty of room to work higher. You're 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 making my point for me. We're we're near the bottom. We've got to be near the bottom here. We've we've taken well, and short be, gotten beat up. Okay. Now it's now it's time to work our way back up and e- e- rally to, you know, 3.95 or 4 dollars well, is little... still that magical spot. We're at 3.80 if if today. we're done right now. I said next week. That's still another 10-15 cents that we could move to the bottom. So that's just saying we could potentially get back to where we are now. I'm not saying 4 bucks. I'm saying where we're sitting at this moment we oh. could get back to. All right, we'll agree to disagree <laughs> on that. Let's uh let's move uh move on to the beans and uh you know a lot of a lot of this uh, does revolve around that uh, that China discussion, and you know, like I said, I I think you have to be in the camp that the president knows what's at stake here if he doesn't get a get a deal done. He talks tough. He says China has to want to make a deal. China has to make a deal. But I think he's at that point, and maybe he doesn't want to be president, but uh, much after you know after next year, but. If he wants to to get this reelection, he's got to stop with the MFP and get a tr- a trade deal done. And I think that he knows that he's a smart guy. He's going to push to get this thing done in the next three to four weeks before we get into your holiday markets. So much like we saw last year at what the G twenty, the the meeting that they had, you know, at the beginning of December. That's kind of where we're at, except this time it's going to actually bear fruit. We're going to see a deal get done, and we're going to get back to what maybe maybe we get back to 40, 40 million metric tons of beans to uh, to China every year, or thirty five from where we're at. I think we're at fifteen or or something like that. When's that scheduled for the the meeting? I don't know that it is scheduled yet. Oh, okay. So, but we've been told they're looking in early December. They're still trying to figure it out. And uh, the MFP payments that are supposedly due by next week. It's been that's been signed, sealed, delivered. We got part two, which means part three is probably 
right after the first of the year, mm. they'll make that decision or they'll make that announcement. Okay. So, again, well, you gotta you gotta have all those those pieces falling in place, and on top of potentially having a phase one deal, not even a full deal signed, if Trump really wants this all to happen and we just go back to status quo at this point with phase one and phase two takes forever, that's not really helping the full picture. That's just showing that the farmers just took a long hit to the pocketbook for just going right back to status quo. But for my for my example here, if we're just looking to rally into, say, January, February, or just into the first quarter, the impetus could very well be and should very well be a phase one deal, which means if you get the phase one deal, you get a, let's say, 35 to 50 cent rally out of out of the beans. Now, granted, it probably does take us back to where we were at just a few weeks ago, but this is also something that could continue to push because if you get that deal, you start to see some uh, some sales, more sales come in, and then you start to bring down your ending stocks again. We're already half of where we were at on ending stocks just six months ago, where it's 475. We were pushing a billion before. We're half of that. You throw in Chinese demand, we're going to start looking at the possibility of maybe 400 to 350. That should bring us 980 to $10. On the board. That's not necessarily cash, but if bases stay strong because they're really looking for people to deliver beans, we could continue to see those prices come up as they're looking for people to to deliver, and that's going to get the the bin doors to swing wide open. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but at the same time, you have China meeting with Brazil on the sidelines of the BRICS meeting just the other week, saying that the the partnerships get to grow stronger. You could have Further investment down there, and as Brazil's we saw not last have a year, crop this year, how are they going to be able to? to they've manage? got a crop. They're back up to pace for planting. They're going to have They're another dry. larger crop, as it's shown by the USDA Brazil and all the estimates. You have a rain forecast coming through here that's going to lessen the severity of what the dryness concern is at this point, but it's still there. And you're it, you're thirty five percent below where you should be on moisture at this time of the year for for brazil i think uh, after the after the the rain uh event that you're talking about comes through over the next week argentina is 15 or 20 percent behind where they should be at this time of the year that persists it's going to be worthy of a of a continued rally we've seen we've had other years where we underestimated what a drought would do to these countries and it really benefited us. A couple of years ago, it took us to almost $12. I'm not saying we're going there, but 980 to $10 should be fairly easy to do if we get a China deal done, and I'm going to tick all the boxes here, and we get a, and we continue to see this persistent dryness out of South America. Sure. If either one of those happen, yeah, sure. But more likely, trying to show that they can deal with Brazil's crop. They have a less demand than they would normally have, and they continue to have less demand because of the whole ASF problem. So do we even get back to status quo if this China deal actually gets done? Are we able to bring back our uh, carryout down to the 
200, 300s that we were used to? Or do we put more crop in the ground expecting all this to happen, end up shooting ourselves in the foot and go back up to the 600, 700 and not get a China deal done? You know what? The other thing that, that we haven't talked about, looking at longer term, on the bean side of things, beans barely made it to, what, uh, 78, 80 million acres planted this year? Yeah. We probably, probably at best, will target 82 to 84. That's not bullish. That's not bullish. That keeps your keeps your production in check. That's That, to me, says we're going to be down again because if we run into a hiccup again, everybody's going to run to plant corn and they're going to leave the beans off to the side like they did again this year. And we already know that the guys in... In the north, uh, the northwest, in the plains, they're talking about being too wet now to even plant on time next spring. Mm-hmm. So they're already looking, you know, six months out. And to me, they're gonna they're gonna tend to want to plant those that corn rather than the beans, which means that beans are gonna see lower numbers, higher prices. They could, unless we continue to go with the story about 95-plus million acres and a close to $3 billion carryout. That's the baseline projections given. It's just baseline at this point, but you get enough fear in that market saying, oh, my God, everyone is going to plant corn just like this year. No one was going to plant corn until everyone started planting corn. Well, then you got a different picture there. You got people bringing it back up to that 88-89 split that we were used to like we got in 2018. I, I think I think the farmer has been burned uh, enough by by beans. They're not going to go to that fifty fifty split again for a while. Um, I think they have to at this point. They have to look and at say and say, you know what, that hundred acres right there uh, either produces me two hundred and fifty bushels an acre of corn, or it produces me sixty bushels or fifty five bushels of beans. They know where their paycheck's at. They're going to go to the corn. Corn is king, my friend. That is, but we're gonna get China dealing. We're gonna buy everything we can produce. They're our number one bean importer. Yeah, another reason that demand will continue to push. So why am I not gonna plant a bunch of beans if China's gonna come in here and buy them all? Because that's a waiting game. It's not gonna be immediately. But you just said two to or three to four weeks. Sure, get a deal done, then you start to see the demand come in. But this is the long game. We know what we've got in stocks. Get those stocks down to, I don't know, 200 million bushels. And then you you see the demand continue to flow in, continue to flow. And we get to a point where all of a sudden we're talking about we're, we're going to run out of beans. Next year, 2021, 2021 is where you see that bean number start to come up. That's where you get worried and you start to sell. But in the meantime, you should see higher prices on the... 19 crop and the 21 the 20 crop Mm. so you have to you have to look at this and say it's not all just immediate demand it's going to be stretched out we know we have a there's going to be a window of brazil selling something argentina selling something but once you get past that window i think you'll start to see that with the dryness concerns that they've got, lower production out of out of Argentina, lower production out of Brazil, we'll see higher prices here in the U.S. 
and it could be sustained up until right about the time that we want to harvest next year's crop. And it could be sustained beyond that if the concern or if we do really see a shift in demand and those ending stock numbers do come back down to 150, 200 million bushels. Yeah, I'm sure, maybe. We'll see. But, I mean, this was a fun conversation. We're running out of time here, so we're going to leave it at that. If you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 800-262-7538. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lone, Greg McBride. You guys have a great one.